going to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jay Park. Welcome to it. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. And like last Thursday, alongside me is Dave Mowry. Hey, Dave, how you doing? What's up, man? I'm good. Now, uh, I texted you earlier this week. And this is how it all began, folks. Like all the best ideas these days, it begins with a text. It does. <laughs> and my uh, my roommate mentioned to me, he's like, you got to see, I'm not usually into these, CNN's been doing documentaries on the 80s, the 90s. Yep. And the, the documentary they did on the aughts, the early 2000s, they make a point at the end of that documentary that the guitar was supplanted by sampling and synthesizers and essentially just the computer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think of it in those terms. Like, there's a great TED Talk out there with Mark Ronson, the guy behind yeah. Uptown Funk, uh, where he explains this and how big sampling is in the music industry. But as I started to think about, oh, I really am getting old. Like, I look at the like the big hits list right now, Billboard or whatever, and I don't know much of the music at I'd all. Be, yeah, I'd be shocked if I know any of it. And maybe I'd, I'd recognize if I heard it, but I don't know right. by title. I don't know who the artists are. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's also clearly not, like, guitar-driven music. It's not rock and roll. And so I'm kind of stepping back thinking, well, what was the last real good rock phase in the mainstream, in the pop charts? And CNN pointed out it started with the Strokes after 9-11. Came out on 9-11. Wow, I did not know that. And, uh, they had to pull the uh, they had to pull it because it uh, they they had to repress it because it has a song called New York New York City Cops on the original pressing, and it's, it's it says New York City Cops ain't too bright. And they uh, oh, wow, was, that was not a popular sentiment uh, right around nine eleven. Yeah, when um, events like that happen, you tend to rally around people. And yeah, particularly those guys that ran into the buildings. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I get that. But there's also the the rebellious, transgressive yeah. nature of rock and roll. People can forgive it. Uh, but I'm sitting here thinking, man, I, I do feel old. I'm I'm now just newly thirty, and I'm starting to feel like uh, Jack Black in School of Rock. So, like, if I had to teach kids who are, you know, real young about rock and roll and, and really good music. Right, like, where would you start or how yeah, would you do it? Yeah, at least my journey. It reminded me of this clip from the movie uh, School of Rock. The first thing you do when you start a band is talk about your influences. That's how you figure out what kind of band you want to be. So, who do you like? Blondie. Christina Aguilera. Who? No, come on. What? <laughs> you, shortstop. Puff Daddy. Wrong. Billy. Liza Minnelli? <laughs> what are you, you guys? This project is called Rock Band. I'm talking about bands that rock. Led Zeppelin. Nothing. 
Don't tell me you guys have never gotten the lead out. Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, ring any bells? What about Sabbath? ACDC, Motorhead. <laughs> oh, what are they teaching this place? Summer, you're the class whatever, go to the board. Factotum. Factoter. New schedule. 8.15 to 10, rock history. 10 to 11, rock appreciation and theory. Oh, yeah. And then band practice till the end of the day. What about math? No, not important. World cultures? Not important. You guys, we need to focus here. Don't you want to win this contest? It's prestigious. Love that movie. And it makes me, number one, want to be in his class, but yeah, teach a class like that. In a way, that's kind of, uh, I think, the opportunity we have here tonight. Because we have a radio show here. We've got airtime. So I want to begin with you. Like, if we're making our own band here, at least our school of rock here, where, let's start with your influences. Like, uh, well, you, there's an obvious one if you listen last week, the Stones. Rolling Stones. Uh, the Stones. Like, But, you know, I mean, Dylan, for the lyricism. Um, like, you know, if we're saying, all right, what, like, like, what bands are you into? What music are you into? Um, probably Johnny Cash. Mm. I'd have to throw an Outcast, and uh, even though like not a rock band, and probably wouldn't really like come into the you know the the sound, but definitely an influence. Um, let's see if we got five. You know, I would say somebody like the Strokes. I mean, right. I, I like the the album that we were just playing or playing parts of. Uh, is this it? Uh, I mean, that hit like a ton of bricks. And then I think the one after it may be my favorite album made this century, Room on Fire. Okay, wow. Like it's, it's that good. I was listening to some this morning with doing um, my chores. It was great. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and then they made one more album that was, like, pretty good, and then they kind of, like, you know, fell out of uh, fell out of favor, I think, with each other more than anything. Um, although I think they're playing festivals again this year. Good. Yeah. Um, and there's some story about uh, Ryan Adams basically, like, broke their band up by, like, giving all the members drugs. What what type of drug? Well, uh, heroin specifically. Oh, well. Yeah, the, the one that breaks people, the one that breaks bands up because you can't function anymore. <laughs> it's become a common theme these days. Last week we're talking the Rolling Stones. We talk about heroin. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and opioid rock, crisis and yeah, rock and roll. You know, it's always going on. But what about you? Okay, for me, it starts early with my influence from my dad and my uncle Greg in particular, his older brother, and. My friends would mock me as this is grocery store elevator music, but Steely Dan yeah. was like, and it's still very influential. Well, like, yeah, but the thing is, is that, I mean, the sound is like grocery store or elevator music, but like what they're talking about right. is like the weirdest stuff that you, I mean, it's like they're, it, it, I so mean, it's like weird. comparable to Zappa or something. Right. Or, and they would take something simple even and make it funky and sound weird, like Black Cow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it, it, as a kid, I'm like, what does that mean? Well, it's a type of milkshake, I well, guess. You know, you know where their name comes from, right? Mm. Do you? Mm. Comes from a William Burroughs book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I won't tell you what implement it is, because, you know, it's a yes, family show. I but. know what it is. Um, I know uh -huh. what you're talking about. Let's just say if you're lonely at night and you're a woman. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that makes... And I always heard that... Uh, what's the Steely Dan song? Never gonna do it without the fez on. Was uh, yeah, okay. uh, about prophylactics. In Probably. Yeah, they had some really funky tunes. Yeah, really subversive. And, they're, like, I put out a call for greatest guitarist. I put it out to the Book of Faces, and somebody said Larry Carlton. Wow. So, if you hear 
hear the funky riff on Josie. Larry's playing it, but he's also was their uh, arranger. Like they would bring in music. They played musical bands, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And so they would bring in guys who couldn't even read sheet music, but Larry would translate it to kind of the musicians about what uh, Donald and Walter were trying to do. But so it went from Steely Dan, and my my Uncle Greg gave me all sorts of incredible music from over the years. But my own journey, I found Led Zeppelin on my own. So around when the Strokes are coming out, I'm not really... I heard the Strokes, obviously, because they were a hit, but I'm listening to Zeppelin for the first time. And if you can just go back, folks who are listening, the first time you hear those songs, they're so they're played to death now, but and for good reason. But when you first hear like Daisy Confused and the or, DVD uh, set came out, and yeah, what's the first song on Led Zeppelin two? The whole lot of love. No, it's uh, I heard it yesterday. I can I can't remember the names of songs anymore. Um, but it's one of those things where like I, I heard it yesterday and was just like. You know, oh my God, this is so good. You know, and uh, and then about halfway through, I was like, God, I've heard this so many times. Like, I'm a little bit bored. And this, I think the first one on two is a whole lot of love, but then there's heartbreaker. Yeah, okay. Uh, what am I? I might be thinking of uh, ramble on. Oh, ramble on's fantastic. Yeah, which is just a great song. Yeah, and that, I mean, just incredible. Oh no, I'm stuff. talking about a whole lot of love. That, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Whole lot of love, and yeah, this is what I, I would say to folks. Jimmy Page is the guy who made me want to learn to play guitar. And Whole Lot of Love is one of the first songs I learned to play pretty well. And I remember performing that at high school. And so Zeppelin was this huge influence. And then you get into all the weird stuff, like him playing at Royal Albert Hall and like with, with the, the violin. Bow and yeah. the double, the double neck and the, yeah. Oh, it's just so awesome. So out of Zeppelin, I'm like, hmm, I discovered their influences. So I started listening to old blues players all the way back to like Robert Johnson yeah. Jr., which, you know, it doesn't sound great if you listen to the recordings in terms of the recording quality, but that guy could play. Yeah. Could, and you got to figure that he's playing on like a good, like a two string guitar that he made himself, you know? Right, exactly. And then out of Zeppelin, I discovered, I went on a cruise and I brought my guitar and I'm, this other dude brought his guitar named Wilson. I'm still in contact with him till this day. I think he's now a music teacher. It's nice. awesome. And uh, Wilson started playing a song I had not really heard before on acoustic guitar called "Purple Rain," and he started ah, singing it uh-oh. in this couch of <laughs> little I would, did he know this couch of I would say hefty black women. Uh-huh. About ten of them started singing al- along with them, and I'm like, "What is this song and this going a- on? this effect it has on people?" And so I kind of got into the world of Prince, and my first love was Zeppelin. Jimmy Page maybe wanted to play guitar. Prince maybe want to write songs and try to attempt it, and badly at times, but I would yeah. attempt it. And it, that's what I would do in college, other than play video games. But then I would discover all the greats. I would go. I don't know if you're like this, but you find a band and you just jump into kinda their like, world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, go down the rabbit hole with them. So like Hendrix, mm-hmm. you got to go through all his stuff. Mm-hmm. My brother, my younger brother, who used to ride to school with me in uh, high school, will tell you I would go through these phases. And so the Prince yeah. phase has not died yet. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's still going on. But I'd listen to every Hendrix album over and over again, find all the live stuff. Then Stevie Ray Vaughan comes around and comes to mind. Yeah, I, uh, it, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I'm not one of those people. I don't love an extended guitar solo. Like, you know, like, oh, you got to listen to the, you know, like, mm-hmm. I like it when it's more like integrated into the music. Um, but I can appreciate it for what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel like I like respect Hendrix more than I really would like want to sit down and listen to it. Right. I, I agree. Um, I agree. You know? 
Yeah, I like a solo that complements the song. Yeah. Like, it it should fit. Yeah. Like, thematically. But, like, just listening to somebody play, play guitar, you know, like the, oh, God, this guy's a guitar god, Steve Vai, you know, like, I'm not going to uh, listen to a Steve Vai album. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I don't either, but he, I mean, he, all I due respect. Yeah, he can shred. I mean, Joe Satriani's the same way. Yeah. I don't listen to Satriani right. all the time. or what, But they can shred. What is it, Yngwie? Yeah, in, yeah Inge, Yngwie Malmstein. The Y keeps throwing me off. Yeah, Ingi. Ingi is... Uh, quite the player yeah and i don't know as i there's like no soul to it you know what i mean that's the thing right. it's like it's the yeah, yeah they're virtuosos but like where's the like you know the like jimmy page there's soul to that prince right. there's obviously soul to that well and i will have to say though you mentioned outcasts there was a summer in college that might be the the summer of uh it, it was the baked summer yeah and we i was taking two summer classes with my roommate and then we would just hang out, and we made a mix CD, and most of it was off Southern Playalistic. Yeah. And it was so good. So, Outkast, and I think even in School of Rock, you know how they he did this chalkboard with all the uh, bubbles and the connections? There's a hip-hop section. Oh, yeah. So, I'll do respect to well, hip-hop like, and what it does. You know, I mean, think about the like the history of hip-hop and history of rock and roll. You know, I mean, it's the there's the theory that, like, all American music is basically black folks inventing it and white folks co-opting it. Oh, absolutely. Um and then, you know, it's funny now that, like, we think of, you know, as, like, as rock, as, like, white people music or whatever, but, like, I mean, the the biggest rap song, you know, the, the thing that really brought it into the mainstream was Walk This Way. You yeah. Know, was Rick Rubin putting Run DMC and uh, Aerosmith together. And I heard Run DMC was not hip to the idea. No, they didn't going. really like it. <laughs> like, what are these lyrics? Yeah, and then, like, they had to, like, yeah, but then they, like, met the band and they were like, oh, I get it, you know? Right. And, like, showed them, like, how it would work. Well, um, and uh, it's... And it's so funny to like go back and listen to the original version and listen to that version. And it's like, it seems like it just kind of like was of a piece. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like very simple for them to put that version of it together, but it really wasn't. But it sounds so natural. Right. I mean, it just sounds like a beefed up better version of what the original song was. Well, and then if you listen to like Beastie Boys cuts, they're sampling from Sabbath. They're sampling, oh, from, they're sampling from everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what they were doing. Um, especially, you know, I mean, even on, even on License to Ill. Um, but then when you get to Paul's Boutique, mm -hmm. you know, and then you get to, um, I'm a part of a record club or whatever. And, uh, this month's, um, th this month's record is, a uh, De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising. And that's like a very sample heavy album. And then there was, a, then there was the sampling wars, right. you know, where like people got dinged for not, um, not crediting, you know, what they, what they put into it or whatever. And, uh, I remember Bismarcky, I think came out with an album called All Samples Cleared. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a before I forget a funny Prince story about the white people stealing music from essentially black people to create all this great stuff. Uh, Kevin Smith was invited to shoot what is a documentary that has never been unearthed, but it was around I think 2001. Wow! And Prince had just become rediscovered the faith of his upbringing, ah, Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witness. Witness. And he, so he released a concept album, which musically is amazing. The lyrics are a little funky, uh, called Rainbow Children. And there's one, and so Prince invites Kevin Smith up to Paisley Park, and all these people are there getting early listens to this new album, this concept album. And Prince is like, okay, I want you to film them and have these discussions with them. Just let them talk about the album. And he disappears. Like filming a focus group or something? <laughs> right, exactly. Filming a focus group. And he disappears, and people start getting heated. Like fans of anything. I mean, we'll yes. really be at each other. Fans ruin everything. And so they get really heated, and they're arguing, and one guy's like, Prince, when he said the 
white devil in this song. He means white people stole the, the black people's music. And so Kevin Smith, it's like five hours in. Prince is nowhere to be found. And he grabs one of Prince's assistants like, where is this guy? He finally gets invited up to Prince's office. <laughs> And Prince is sitting there behind his desk. This is like every Prince story, just weird as humanly possible. You're right. And so he's he's sitting at his desk, and he doesn't say a word to Kevin Smith. He just turns his computer around and goes, what do you think, Kevin? And it's like pictures from the concert last night. And Kevin Smith's not having any of it. It's like, I just, I'm sweating. I'm a big, fat man. Not anymore. But I'm sweating. All these people are angry at me. They want to see you, and you're trying to show me pictures. There's this one guy who's claiming that you mean by white devil that... The, the white people stole the black people's music, and Prince's response to that was, well, if the bra fits. <laughs> of course it was. So Kevin Smith's just what a maniac. wit's end. I mean, and there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I'd more like to think it's, there are the terrible stories of, like, you steal a song, you do not credit it, you make all the money. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. But that's a I think, well, especially in hip-hop, it's a little bit different because, like, there wasn't really a model for... Hey, I'm taking you know this loop or whatever, and I'm flipping it backwards, and then adding drum. I mean, like it's it, and and really, it took that era of people getting literally albums pulled or all of their um, you know all of their money basically you know given to the original artist. It took right. that for it to become like a standardized thing. Right, and again, folks, check out the Mark Ronson. TED Talk. It is yeah. phenomenal what he does. He's a, he's a really good producer. He goes into Lottie Dottie, and he said it's been sampled like 500-something times, all different parts of it. Um, and it's just amazing that, and this is what's happened. The reason, I think, if you look at the Billboard Top 100 today, you don't see guitar-driven music, is because they found a new way to be diverse. Mm -hmm. And with sampling, with the digital kind of computer aspect of things, you can have all sorts of sounds, and it does sound good. I'm not knocking today's music it's just the guitar reigned for so long as this potential to do almost anything have you ever it. seen it might get loud yes yeah pretty good huh with uh, uh jimmy page the edge and jack white talking about they're basically doing this talking about their influences and mm -hmm. where they come from as a guitarist and then just like trading riffs and stuff i love how that documentary begins where it's jack white working what looks like on a farm and he's like this old piece of dilapidated like weatherized wood and he he's nailing something into it and then he's pulling a huge string across it and he's nailing a turn of uh, a pickup into it and wiring it and it's just one string and he grabs a slide and plugs it into an amp and he goes now that's music <laughs> and it's i jack white and that's actually another one of those bands that you know he came after the stroke or right, right around, around the same time they're contemporaries yes yeah. and uh as a matter of fact i, I want to say that uh the white stripes and the steel came out both before um but before the strokes had an album out uh and then they, but they got big right at the same time. Right at the same time, yeah. Uh, fell in love with a girl. Yes, I think. great a, song. A, I love that song. Hotel Yorba. That's like that, that album is phenomenal. Well, and CNN kind of credits Jack White as kind of the last great guitar god rock star, like guitar hero. Yeah, and he is a guitar hero. I mean, I love how if you look at the White Stripes albums, and I know he's done what the Dead Weather, he's done Rock and Tours, mm -hmm. his solo career. I love his solo albums. I have all those on vinyl, but. If you look at the White Stripes albums, every single album begins just with a butt-kicking, heavy yes. riff song. Whether it's Seven Nation Army or Blue Orchid or, uh, what is it, Iggy Thump or something yeah, like Iggy that? Yeah, Iggy Thump, yeah. Yeah. It's just, 
incredible, and I'm I'm worried that though that people are going to lose that. But maybe my worry is uh, premature. I think there might be a resurgence. Well, and you know, and, and if it's not in the in the pop world, you know, or it doesn't break through to the pop world, there's all sorts of like, you know, different. Um, I guess, like, subcultures of music yeah. that are very guitar-oriented, whether it's, you know, jam bands like Fish or Widespread Panic, both of whom are very, are very much led by the guitar sound. Um, or it's, you know, you still got indie rock bands, you still got... Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot... Look, there's a lot of... There's still a lot of good guitar-based music out there, but it's not as part of the monoculture as it used to be. Exactly. And maybe the music culture, maybe this is just the way the world's going. Yeah. That it becomes more balkanized, for lack of a better word. People can make enough money. They do their own thing. Like, there's still a great metal scene out there. There's Mm -hmm. still a good punk scene. Insane metal scene. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe we're not at the top of the charts, but who cares? Right. We got an audience that loves us. We have a fan base that loves us. Yeah, the money's in touring and merch anyway. Exactly. I mean, you can't can't make that much money off stream unless you're Taylor Swift or something. Right. And then she is, I was about to say a Nazi, but I'm not going to start that rumor again. Easy. Uh, yeah, she's she's beautiful and tall and white and blonde. She must be a Nazi. And she's not said anything about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't condemned Trump. That was such a ridiculous controversy. Um, but they also point out in the CNN documentary that women started to take over the charts. Yeah. Which is true in a way. Yeah. Like I'm yeah, thinking, I mean, what, what, what's on the Billboard 100 right now? We could pull or, it the, up. or for the year. I actually, for as a as a um, exercise in uh, you know whatever uh, frivolity, I pulled up the because uh, I, I do think that there's something to the fact that like there was that it it wasn't always um, like rock music has not dominated the charts in a long time. Right. Um, you know, if you go back to... I, I looked up 1995. That's the year I graduated from high school. Um, the albums that were number one that year were The Hits by Garth Brooks, uh, Balance by Van Halen, which I guess was probably the Van Halen the, with Gary Sharon or See, whatever. I don't know that one. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, The Hits with Garth Brooks again for four weeks. Boys to Men 2, Springsteen Greatest Hits for two weeks, Me Against the World, Tupac album for four weeks, uh, The Lion King soundtrack, Live throwing copper. So there's a that's okay. We'll say that's guitar based, right? Yeah. Uh, Friday soundtrack, not so much. Cracked review by Hootie. Um, did a total of five weeks. Uh, and that's guitar. It was uh, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, but not necessarily like worked. You know, not like guitar god work though. No, you know? no, no. Uh, Pulse by Pink Floyd. Hmm. It's a live Pink Floyd album, pretty good. Michael Jackson history problematic now. Um, <laughs> Pocahontas soundtrack. Uh, so you know, the, the, of course, they release a Walt Disney soundtrack, and everybody buys it, or you know, all the parents bought it. I guess. Correct review. Correct review comes back for the uh, the week of my birthday. Uh, nice. My eighteenth birthday. Uh, Dreaming of you by Selena. Bone Thugs, Crack Review again. The Dangerous Mind soundtrack, Crack Review again. Jagged Little Pill, which is definitely a guitar album. Uh, Mariah Carey Daydream, Melancholy Infinite, Infinite Sadness, definitely a guitar album. Uh, Billy Corgan, underrated uh, guitarist, underrated yes. musician. Under, that album rocks, like com- especially compared to like Gish and um, Siamese Dream. Like that album, you know, I mean, it, first single is Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Like okay. that's in your face, like, you know, rock music. Uh, and then the Dog Pound, Allison Chains, R. Kelly, again problematic. <laughs> um, Beatles Anthology 1 and Daydream. So you got a pretty diverse, but I mean, there's what? Let's see. There's 
I'd say guitar, Garth Brooks obviously is guitar based. I mean, he was one of his biggest influences was Kiss, you know? Right. Um, and he you know, was with the arena show yeah, and everything. Right. So you got Garth, you got Van Halen, um, you got Bruce, you got Live Throwing Copper, you got Crack Review, you got a Pink Floyd album, you got, uh, uh, what's, uh, da, 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 Jagged Little Pill, Melancholy, Allison Chains. So you have eight or nine, Beatles, you have eight or nine albums of the. You know, let's say twenty-two that 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 reached the top of the chart that year, um, and so. But what do we have now? Right. Well, I do know the first song. And this goes along with the movie soundtrack. Oh movie. yeah, Shallow Lady I Gaga. I actually Bradley don't Cooper. know if I've heard it. It's actually really good. Um, I have to say, it's a it's a well done song. It's almost like a country I, folk song. I, I wanted to see the movie, but I just I, I figured it. I'd watch it streaming. But um, so I know that one because of the movie. Right. But then we get into yeah. Seven Rings, Ariana Grande. Day. Yeah, Grandy. <laughs> Without me by Halsey, Halsey. who I'm. Oh, so both of them, I know who they are. I don't know if you were playing a song and you said, "Guess who this is?" I could guess it. Right, you know what I mean, based I on their sound. Yeah, I could. I know who they are though. Uh, Sunflower, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse soundtrack, Post Malone and Sway Lee. I, again, I know who Post Malone is. Vaguely, I, don't know. I do too. I know he has face tats. <laughs> J Cole, Middle Child. I know who J Cole is. Uh, he rapper. Okay. Um, actually, he's one of those dudes that like I kind of like. Um, like if I'll hear like if a song comes up on random, mm. I'm like, oh, this guy's got a pretty good flow, and then I look at him, but I'm never like compelled to follow it more. Right, right. You know those artists? Yes, yes, and, and some of that might be our age too. Yeah. That I saw a great meme. It's the classic, like, dude with his girlfriend looking over his girlfriend's shoulder. The other oh, the, yeah, away. the distracted boyfriend meme. And, and it's like the girlfriend has new albums, yeah. and the girl he's distracted. The distracted boyfriend's distracted by, and the five albums I always listen to. That, yeah. I'm that way. I, I'm definitely that way. And I think I, I mentioned well, it. Uh, everybody is. Well, I mentioned it earlier this week with uh, <laughs> James Harrigan and Anthony Davies there on my show. And if you... Any music that's formative, it sounded like the good old days, golden age thinking. And Penn Jillette has a great joke. He's like, name your the best music ever created, and you can't say any album within five years of losing your virginity. Right. <laughs> like, it music becomes even better after that is discovered. Yeah. And I, I, when, when we come well, back... and like, I ride for, like, classic rap albums that, like nobody's even heard of right. that like when I was 14 or 15 like it was you know like groups that like if it. I even like Ed OG and the Bulldogs or something people were like what is that? Well and there's Montgomery stuff that yeah. my friends would play yeah. like Deuce Comrades and uh, who else? Oh, well like I mean or you know I mean I mentioned Outcast, but like I, I went to high school outside of Atlanta and so like you got Kilo and you got you know just all janky strip club anthems you know like <laughs> um, you, you know folks that nobody's ever heard of I mean I remember when when CeeLo came out yeah. and people were like oh man I was like dude I I've like been listening to Silo since 1994. Yeah, he came you up know? in the uh, the dungeon with all but the Go Goody Mob was like the other mm -hmm. group without. They were like the more, you know, they were like a little bit more underground, a little bit more like, um, like you could you could understand about half of what Outcast said. You could understand about a third of what Goody Mob <laughs> said before you like just kept listening to it. Have you seen the documentary? The I think it's called The Art of Organized Noise. I I've watched part of it. Yeah, I, yeah it's good. It is good. And um, I love that that comes out of, all, most music comes out of the idea of, okay, 
it's a neighborhood. It's mm-hmm. the same block. Everybody's hanging out. Like, what is it that Clapton, Jimmy Page, and Jeff Beck were all in the same? Like, really? I think two of them were in the same high school, but they're all within the same few well, miles. Yeah, well, and then there's the story that, like, Jagger and Richards went to elementary school together right. and then reconnected on the train platform because Richard had the classic, uh, or no, Jagger had the blues albums because Jagger was a li- had a little bit more money and was able to order albums, but he would have to go pick them up from the record store. Wow. See, and we're so lucky today, and we talked about this last time. You can pull up anything now. It, it's well, but it's almost like unbelievable. You know, it, it, it's great, but it's also like, uh, is it a blessing and a curse? Because like, yeah, I mean, how many people get like so? You know, how many people do the? I, I think I talked about this that like I would every week I would get a paycheck and I would go and I'd buy another Stones album and I just bought them like in right. chronological order like after like the first five I was like all right I want everything so like, I literally just went and bought them and, and like you know like you get the dirty work and it sucks but like you know you, you figure out a way to appreciate it you know right. in its own way right that I mean that's me with Prince and that especially yeah. as he was he got really good at the end actually he was doing some really cool things with a uh, all girl group other than himself called Third Eye Girl and they were like a rock foursome well what's the um what year is the uh the rock and roll hall of fame intro that's 2004 uh, that's the music where he goes nuts that's when musicology dropped and that's a great it's not a fantastic album it has a few but there's the thing where like there's the jam at the end where it's like tom petty and neil young and then and then prince comes on and they're all like yeah he destroys whoa you know and he continued to do that i just rediscovered uh i'd heard it before but soundboard quality came out he did a show, I think, in 07, maybe it's 09, at Coachella Festival. Yeah. And he made that show, he played a lot of his hits, but he made that show like Prince Guitar God. So he covered, I, that's where the Creep cover comes from. I want you to make me a Prince Guitar God uh, either playlist on Spotify or mix CD or whatever. Yes. Because like, I, I, I don't know any of it. I'm I, happy I, I, to I know do the that. hits. And you like your knowledge of them is like mine of this of him is like the my knowledge of the Stones or whatever. And the best stuff is his live bootleg yeah, stuff. It, sure, by far. I mean, he almost got two in his own head in the studio at times. I could see that. But uh, we got to hit this break. When we okay. come back, it'd be cool. I graduated. You said ninety five is when mm-hmm. you graduated. I graduated in 07, Good. and I haven't looked at that. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, I mean, there. And there's then we all can sorts listen of, to Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. Yeah, that's number 10 on the... I did get Baron to play Mo Bamba the other day. The, the clean version. <laughs> I don't know that one either. It's hilarious. Oh, Panic at the Disco's back on I know, the I saw that. That's unusual. Okay, so maybe there is a little bit of guitar going. Not much, though. Here, we gotta hit this break. Be right back. Joey Clark. Joey Clark. Uh, welcome back, folks. And we mentioned Jack White before, and that icky thump just hits yes, hard. it does. It hits really, really hard. Um, so list uh, top, I'm looking for two. There you go, list of 2000, well, that's, uh, that's just albums. Yeah. 
but uh, looking for the top ones of 07. Because in high school, I, it's weird how you like pick up songs. Like we mentioned our actual like passionate loves for music, but you do absorb what's popular at the time, especially when you're young. And uh, for me, I can remember vividly listening to Cold Hard uh, B. I don't know what I can say on the radio half the time. Right. Uh, by Jet riding down the street. My buddy, still one of my roommates, uh, Oldsmobile. Like a 93 Oldsmobile <laughs> Cruiser. It was just like weird how fantastic memories appear like that. Though Catholic would ruin us, man. Have you heard Catholic for the longest time? Before our football coach that I was on for three years, uh, mm-hmm. Tim Trokey came around. Catholic, whatever somebody did, baseball, soccer, football, even basketball to a certain extent, but football in particular, you run out on the field, you know, through the thing the cheerleaders made, a little banner mm-hmm. or whatever, it would always be Highway to the Danger Zone. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, dude, this is uh, 20 years old at this point. <laughs> Please change this. Movie this movie came out in 1986. But then our coach, because he grew up in Southern California in the mid-80s, early 90s, it was Metallica all day, every day, where we got sick of the inner Sandman. Right. And it's like, please stop it. Well, sad but true. Yeah. Please, please just put that <laughs> away. Um, but I'm trying to also think of hmm, other great albums. I, I'm trying to remember 07, like the year I graduated from high school here in Montgomery. Okay, so you got um, the albums. So the best-selling album of 2007 was Daughtry by Daughtry. Oh, Lord. Yeah. One of those American Idol things. Yeah. Oh, no. Um the first, the first, uh, the the first number one of that year is "Hip Hop Is Dead" by Nas. Okay, and then twenty one by Omarion. Omarion. Dream Girls soundtrack. Then Daughtry hits, and then you get I, I, "Late Night Special" by Pretty Ricky. Not too late by Nora Jones. I remember Nora Jones being pretty oh, big. Yeah. Uh, "Infinity on High" by Fall Out Boy. Um, Daughtry again, greatest hits by Notorious Big. That's a random thing to hit then. Uh, we Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank by Modest Mouse, which is okay. really awesome. That That's like a random, that's like the butthole surfers charting, you know, just like, right. okay. <laughs> Let It Go by Tim McGraw, now 24. So you're seeing like the definite, like, uh, I mean, we haven't gotten to anything that, I mean, Modest Mouse might be the only thing that we think. Or, Daughtry, I guess, technically is like guitar rock, right. but it's like Nickelback. Right. Oh, Lord, Nickelback. Avril Lavigne, Neo, Michael Bublé, Linkin Park, Maroon 5, R. Kelly again. Which Maroon 5? Because I respect that first it album. It won't be soon before long. No, oh, I no. I see Songs About Jane is the, the real one. Uh, That's a guitar-heavy album. Too. You get a little uh, Big Dog Daddy by Toby Keith. <laughs> Lost Highway by Bon Jovi. T.I. versus Tip, which was the number one on my birthday that year. Um, which, you know, hey, I got to ride for my ATL guys. UGK, um, which oh, I think... Oh, wow. That, that, had to be, that had to be when Bun B died. Yeah. Um, or Pimp C, whichever one died. Uh, high School Musical 2 soundtrack for one, two, three, oh, four, five Lord. weeks. You reminded me of that monstrosity. Graduation by Kanye. Um, okay. Reba Duets. Still Feels Good with Rascal Flats. Uh, Magic by Bruce Springsteen for a week. Then Rock and Roll Jesus by Kid Rock. Then Magic again. Um, which I would say is maybe his least guitar-oriented album, or one of them. But I can already tell that like the shift is already starting yeah. to happen. American Gangster by Jay-Z, As I Am by the Alicia Keys, Long Run Out of Eden by the Eagles, there's a Carrie Underwood, and then for the entire month of December, Noel by Josh Groban. Oh, Ugh. yeah, woman Just music. Just 
That's just, that's just, just drag. No, and he's, again, one of those times where it's like, I respect what he's able to do, but I, I, if I had to, I'd rather listen to Buble than Josh Grogan. Yeah, I mean, I, aren't I? Okay, so like, if we did an experiment where mm. you're like, which one's which, I would have no idea. <laughs> Buble's a little happy. I actually like when more Sinatra. when you mentioned when we were just talking about Grogan. I in my mind, I was thinking about Michael Buble. <laughs> but then I realized that they're two different people. Oh, very different t- styles of music as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, Groban's very over-the-top, almost operatic and uh, maudlin at okay. times, where okay. Buble can put on the good Christmas tunes. It'd almost be like a reborn Sinatra. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, more like a Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, like, but, but exactly. Like, with, like, less soul somehow. <laughs> exactly. Still more plastic, more yeah. pop. And now, I mentioned and started this by saying... How would you teach uh, a young kid? Now, you have kids. Yeah, I do. How many? Two. Two. How old are they? Nine and six. So how are you? It's not hypothetical. How do you approach music with a nine and a six-year-old? I really just play what I like, and they like some of it better than they like others. Um, they, do you ever get groans? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, or like, uh, it's kind of funny, because the other day, like, we were driving in the car, and a, a boy named Sue came on, and... um. You know, great song written by Shel Silverstein. You know, given to Johnny Cash and uh, debuts it at you know uh, San Quentin, or which one of the prison shows. Yeah. Um, but it's very like um, simple. It's almost you know like you ever. Uh, you, there are people that think that the Beatles is kids' music. It's like when you when you listen to it, you're like, wow, this is like really kind of kiddie. Right. Um, and they were like, kind of, they were like making fun of it a little bit. And I was like, all right, listen, men, you do a lot of things, but you cannot make fun of Johnny Cash. Um, but you know, and then a lot of times, like you know, I mean, I stay home a lot of Saturdays and you know, Fridays and Saturday nights, and I'll just sit and listen to records. And the my younger son will, um, he'll come over and want to like he he likes to change the record. And you know, and then he'll ask me like, okay, you yeah. know, who is this? And you know, why you know why do you have this record? Or um, and when they were, it's funny because um, when they were young, they both, you know, kids like things that are, um, or my kids, they definitely gravitated towards things that are like, uh, like, I like, the, the type of music that I really like the best is driven by the rhythm guitar. Okay. So, like, you know, that's why the Keith songs are the best songs on the Stones and yada, yada, yada. And so I listened to a lot of that. I have like a lot of Spotify playlists and stuff. So, like, there was... Uh, I remember um, a couple years ago, like my this is not actually a uh, song that's driven by the um, the rhythm guitar, but my number one played song was "Walls" by Tom Petty because oh. my younger son loved that. He like we played it and he would just say, "Daddy, you know, can you play the Heart So Big" song? <laughs> um, which is it's always funny when like what they latch onto. You're taking me back, like my uh, my brother when he was real little. He had to be five or six. He loved uh, "Won't Back Down." Yeah. And my dad had that great Petty Greatest Hits album, that Last Dance with Mary Jane. Bananas. Such a good album. A lot of times, Greatest Hits albums miss the mark. It's like you didn't have enough in your catalog. So, Well, they definitely did. And they also... um, They also... um, they recorded Mary Jane's Last Dance was recorded for that album. Right. They owed them like another album... And they then they decided that like the, to, before our new record deal, and then yeah, the, they owed them two two new songs. They decided that you can issue your greatest hits, and you got to do two new songs, and that was one of them. And that song was huge. It's a fantastic. It's, song. Oh, it's a great song. It's one of the I best mean, ones he's ever done. It was, I mean, 
it was on every third song in 1994. You right. know, I mean, it was on MTV all the time. And um, you're bringing me back to like, what did I learn through Osmos through my dad? I mentioned Steely Dan, but he'd play a lot of Lenny Kravitz mm-hmm. when Lenny was big and talk about great guitar music. I can't remember his Lenny Kravitz guitar player's name. That guy can, he's got a big afro, it's, white it's, boy fro. It's, it's not Lenny Kravitz himself? No, he's okay. got some guitarist that plays on a lot of his stuff that is just amazing. Um, like, rock and roll is dead and like... But like one of my, you know, so a couple, there are a couple other petty songs that are up there. I'm looking at top songs of 2017. So that was like really when I was like driving him to preschool um, or and uh, the apartment song by Tom Petty from Full Moon Fever. That's a great one. Um, the Stack by a band named White Reaper, um, which is from like 2016 or 2017. They're like 20 year old kids from Louisville. Right. And that I don't know if you know that album, but you'd probably like it. Um, that song in particular is pretty awesome. And then like the Allman Brothers. More Tom Petty, The Dead, of course, uh, Car Seat Headrest, which is a band that I really love, um, y- y- Arcade Fire, uh, yeah, and then just random stuff like The Chromatics or Linda Ronstadt or okay. Delbert McQuinton. I mean, I just have such diverse taste that like I'm not going to let them even dictate, like, you know, hey, look, can we just listen to this? It is funny that they, they do refer to rap as cuss music. <laughs> well, it a, is awful. I mean, it kind of is. And it's like, Dan, can we hear some cuss songs? <laughs> you got to educate them. You got to bring them up in the culture. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but they'll, you know, yeah, they'll have that, like, you know, the what I think of as, you know, my parents' taste for, like, oldies and, like, outlaw country mm-hmm. and like and then some like you know some more modern country some, like depending on where we lived and like where we would drive you know like when we lived here when we go see my grandparents in Columbus you know we were listening to country radio like I love a rainy night right. and uh you know Elvira um the 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 Oak Ridge Boys song and stuff like that and then uh you know my mom my mom really just liked like 50s doo-wop music so that's like really what I remember <laughs> listening to um which is pretty great, you know, in some ways. You know, like, you can get a yeah. good foundation. Oh, I like that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's not something that you want to listen to constantly. But, right. Um, if you're in the right mood, yeah. it's a fun kind of... And it's, like, a very nostalgic for me, you know? Well, and there is a, a marked difference in the culture based on the music. Like, that is a much... I'm sure there's all sorts of dirty deeds being done back then in the yeah, 50s. Yeah, but it's... But the way the people way they were presented it, yeah. themselves, it was almost very squeaky clean, mm-hmm. very hopeful, very fun. Um, I mean, uh, suggestive at times, but mm-hmm. that's how you had to do it. And then the 60s, it gets, starts to get weird. And I think it's, I, I'm going to have to do a show. We did it last year for the 50th anniversary of 1968. We're going to have to do a 1969. Yeah. Here, the Earth stood still, uh, 50th yeah. anniversary oh, yeah. show, and go through a lot of that music. Heck yeah. Because, I mean, there's talk about diversity in terms of the charts. But, well, yeah. And that's, and, you know, I mean, so I guess the thing is, is that, like, I, it's interesting that, that, even Greg said, you know, there's no diversity of sound. And what he meant was diversity of sound anymore. Right. And that is true because, like, I bet you if we looked at 69, like, I wanted that one of the years where, like, um, where, where, like, uh, it might be 67, where, like, the number one song was, like, was Sugar Sugar by the Archies. Right. Like, the number one song of the year. Straight up bubble gum. Right. But, like, when, you know, Surrealist, Surrealistic Pillow was coming out and uh, Sergeant Pepper's, uh, you know, right. and it's like, and then you get, you know, yeah, just this pure, like, bubble gum crap. 
Great right. song, though. Well, and that trend continued even like you think the early eight, Well, and you mentioned the 90s, too. Like, yeah. there is a lot of diversity. Now, it's not so much a genre that's, I mean, hip-hop's dominant. Yeah. But it's more, everything sounds kind of the same say, production. All this stuff, I think, is, uh, is very um, samey. Yeah. Um, yeah. The production. The you know. It, it, it's it, it's almost like um, uh, music by algorithm. Hit by algorithm. We're like, okay, right. we get a pretty girl who can sing. Right. We get you know a white dude who can also sing or maybe play guitar, and then we get a mumble rapper. Right. We'll you know, it. and then just all right, just I'll throw this together and uh, see if it works. <laughs> so you can imagine just some producer. I love that Baby Shark is number thirty four. <laughs> <laughs> and the way music's being promoted now is so weird. Like how people are hitting it big. And it started, uh, I mentioned Jet. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be my girl? It, that got big because of the Apple commercial. It the did, and because of the riff that's taken from the Iggy Pop song, from Lust for Life. Okay, yeah. You know, and I'm not janking on Jet because it was funny when we came into uh, the, the last night by the Strokes. I mean, they literally stole that from American Girl. Okay. I mean, yeah. they, they admit it. Okay. I mean, if, if, yeah. Like, and when you hear it, you're like, "Wait, is that American Girl, or is that is this?" Uh, yeah. But I, I kind of, um, it's the the guitar is no longer the driving force. Definitely not. It made me step back and realize, though, that instrument, just six strings, whether it's acoustic and okay, it's not that different if you plug in, you know, electricity to it, though it changes everything. Yeah. But imagine the diversity of music that comes out of that simple instrument. Yeah. It's incredible. You can go all the way to, you know, some number of the beast Iron Maiden to, oh, here's this great Chet Atkins today. Yeah, or, and and then like Dan Fogelberg or uh, John uh, John Denver, you know? like Cat Stevens. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's, yeah, you can take it to like, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, any kind of death metal, you know, or right. uh, uh, m- uh, Motorhead, <laughs> you know, to Prince. To, to Prince. Uh, even to, you know, there's Outkast songs that are, that are uh, hey yeah. Right. With him playing the guitar. Well, and Hey Yaws, it's a great trick. And I heard David Lee Roth talking about this recently on Rogan's podcast, where you take the saddest lyrics Yeah, and ever, you make it happy. And you put it to really happy music. Yeah, it's literally about them breaking up. It's such a... And the, I can't remember the guy who did that cover, where he slowed it down, and he yeah. sang, hey, just really sang Hey Yaw. And you realize... He put the music to the lyrics where it matches the mood, and it is such, it's like the saddest song ever that becomes this huge hit. Yeah. I, I, I love those little tricks people can do. It's that dissonance. Yeah, that's brilliant. But yeah, I'm, I kind of step back in amazement. The guitar can't go away. No. I think people will be well, hungry for it. Yeah, eventually. I mean, it, right. Well, and I, yeah, that's right. And there, there's a couple, and I, I think also that, like, I mean, look. Not for nothing, but a lot of this has to do with what your promotion budget is. Yes. You know, and so these are the things that get promoted, but... Um, yeah. Y- you know, I, what's the... Um, Who gets the commercial buy on ESPN? Yeah. And, there, yeah. There's my man, Mo Bamba. <laughs> um, don't play that. Um, there's, But there's uh, the... What's the guy's... Um, oh, I'm going to mess it up, but uh, Gunslingers, uh, Chainsmokers. Mm. Do, do they play guitars? Or are they a keyboard and a and a? Um, it's hard to know. Are they a keyboard and a computer? I think, I think they, they might be keyboard guitar. and a computer. I think they had a guitarist with them though on the Super Bowl stage. Okay. And th- I mean, whatever they do, they're pretty popular. Um, that's that's one of those bands that like I, my kids know all the songs, and I'm like, wait, what's that? Right. Them and Imagine Dragons. Okay. You know, um, none of which I. It's funny because like Imagine Dragons, like 
they played one song, and I was like, oh, what about this other song? They're like, yeah, Dad, that's Imagine Dragons 2. I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm now officially old and terrible. Yeah, and that's what I've kind of realized. I'm getting old, and I, I've always been stuck in the past. I really right. was like, okay, I'm going to listen to every Zeppelin album yeah. over and over and over again. Well, and I, I did that, too, while also listening to, you know, uh, some, you know, some new stuff or whatever. But, I mean, I just remember even, like... You know, in the in the late '90s, when you had those like sort of knockoff grunge bands, those those second wave, third wave bands that you know were just kind of, you know, whatever the the nickel back of their time was. Right. You know, I wasn't listening to that. I was listening to Zeppelin. I was listening to the Stones. I was listening to rap music. I was listening to the Dead. And um, you know, I I think it goes in waves. And you know, m- maybe somebody that's smart should, you know, come out with like a, you know, like a killer rock album. Exactly. That's what I'm hoping for. And then sometimes you get those flashes in the band. Like, I got so into, for just a month or two, like Greta Van Fleet. Like, yeah. when only the, the EP had come out. Yeah. Like, this is epic. Then they're, they just dropped an album, and it's good, but it's like, oh, the yeah. magic's kind of gone. Like, why is the magic I know. Gone? I hate that. It maybe to me it got a little too uh, like preachy the lyric wise. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. Whatever. They got like they they got one of like the worst reviews ever on I think Pitchfork or something. <laughs> I and saw it was just that. like yeah, and I was like mm, maybe not. Yeah, and it's a it's a rough profession I think in this sense that it now seems incredibly saturated. Yeah. Where it's like Keith and Mick start up or Eric Clapton starts up. Not many people are doing what they're doing. I think though it's probably easier to I bet you it's probably easier to make a living, harder to make a great living. Yeah, to jump to out a, of the to crowd. To be a big star. Yeah. You know, you're not gonna be Motley Crue anymore. Right. Um, you know, you're just gonna like, you know, uh I went to see this band last Sunday or two of the guys in the band, the Future Birds. And they're just like really, I mean, I love them. They're from Athens. They're like this space country kind of thing. Um, they have the same, you know, they, they did a Stones cover. They did a Willie Nelson cover. Um, they have a pedal steel in the band. And they just like, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things that to me, I'm like, why are these guys not huge? Right. You know? And it's a combination of the market. And, like, you know, their either ambition or, like, you know, lack thereof. Um, but it's just, it's just funny. Taste is a funny thing. It is. I promise you it's better than Twerk by City Girls featuring Cardi B, though. <laughs> I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I know I believe you. I take your <laughs> word for it. I've never heard that other song, but I can just guarantee you it's better. Yeah, I, I believe you. And here's the thing, folks. We have been treating this like our Dave and Joey's School of Rock. We've been throwing out a lot of names, free-flowing conversation here. This is a show designed for a, the podcast, so you can go back and listen and go, oh, what did they say there? The podcast, the Joey Clark Radio Hour, will be That's up right. right after this. It's on everywhere podcasts are available or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Play, wherever you need it. Nice. And I'll post it on the Book of Faces as well. Awesome. Tag me. Yeah, I will. And with that, we have to say goodnight. This is fun, man. Too short again. Indeed. You know, let's do it again soon. It's a lot of fun. Well, tomorrow night is... Oh, Lord, it's already Friday. I know. I like that. I know. The week is almost over. I like that. I'll be back tomorrow, folks. Joey Clark. Joey Clark.